The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Hello everyone and welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. I'm Maya Pavinska-Sims, the EMEA editor of Provoke, and I am in London in an actual recording studio at Marketeers, actually with the actual boss, Arun Sudarman, who's over in the UK for a few weeks. So we thought we'd get together and have a little chat about what's been going on in the industry over the past few weeks. Hi, Arun. Hello, Maya. It's, it's so weird to be in a podcast studio i don't think i've been in one since maybe 2018 yeah no 2019 certainly not in this one and certainly not in one with you yeah no we haven't done this for gosh years and it's a big departure from the recording podcasts on the beach at Cannes. We've come a long way. We really have, in, in the space of a week. We've, we've, <laughs> we've, uh, we've upped our professional podcast game in the space of a week. <laughs> well, yeah, recording on the, recording pods on, the, on an actual beach in Cannes was, I mean, it was an experience. We've learned. I think uh, in Cannes, you kind of have to do what you have to do, right? There's, you know, it's not all going to be set up for easy broadcasting, yeah. recording. It was good content we got out of it. It was great. And, and a lot I, of ambient noise. A lot of that, it did sound like we were just recording in a party rather than people just having like proper work conversations on the beach, but it was it was great. And like, we're going to kick off our conversation today talking mm-hmm. about Cannes because we're still decompressing from yeah. the experience. Now, you've been there, I w- that was my seventh live Cannes. Wow. I think that that's... And you still love it. Well, we'll, we'll come to that. <laughs> that's your, what, four, 14th? 13th. 13th, yeah. okay. Unlucky for some. <laughs> Lucky for you and all your, yeah. all your content. What did you think? What did I think? Well, th- so 13 is actually, it's, the, it's also the exact same number of years that the PR Lions has been running. I think that's right. So I, I went to Cannes for the first time in 2009. I was at PR week still, um, and for whatever reason, they decided I need to go to cover this thing called the PR Lions. Um, And it was a really weird festival because it was right in the middle of the financial crisis. So I think attendance was down about 50%. What, in terms of the ad agencies? In in general. Yeah. I mean, there were hardly any PR people. That was the first year. Yeah. Lord Bell was the jury president. Oh, RIP. That tells you how long ago it was. Yes, rest in peace. Um, he, he got on stage for the presentation wearing a white dinner jacket. Um, so it really, f- you know, you think about it now, it's like a different era. But looking at it now, th- thir- was well, 14 years later, but 13 PR Lions yeah. later, I was wondering how much has really changed um, because... We didn't see many PR firms winning in the PR Lions, mm. which has been a theme throughout. There's been some years that have been better, some years that have been worse. Can brought in the idea creation credit around, I think, five or six years ago. Yeah, They did that to try and make it clear who was, I think, in lead role, because previously it wasn't clear. PR firms would complain that they were being relegated I don't think the idea creation credit has helped them necessarily. No, I don't think it has. It, yeah, because it, it, they're often in the supporting role. Mm. And I spoke to one creative director in 
Lacan who said, you know, we, we should only really be celebrating when we're the idea creator. But, you know, we did a podcast with with Warren Johnson at W and he was really clear that supporting, that's PR, PR's role is, as in, in Cannes anyway, is mm. a supporting actor. So, yeah, it's interesting to look at back and think, okay, what, what has changed? The PR industry presence this year, I felt, I said in the column I wrote, I think it, it had receded a little bit. You still had the global networks there. In general, I thought smaller contingents, very, very focused on New York and London. Yeah. Like hardly anyone from outside those two markets, which is a real shame because mm. the festival as a whole has become more diverse. Um, and, oops, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> That's good. What yeah. I, I loved your column that you wrote with your reflections on can and how it's changed over the years but that the diversity of the festival i think mm -hmm. is really interesting i noticed a, like a, the same as you there's the networks are there mm -hmm. how many people they're bringing over and how many clients they're bringing over is moot but they seem to have presence yeah there were hardly any smaller agencies much That's the lower thing. the uk contingent right there they was always a there. big uk contingent yeah. of those you know the creative firms we all know yeah. and love from the uk they weren't there. No, and um, much smaller um, contingent from Asia. I thought, oh, hardly and anyone India. from Asia. Hardly anyone from Asia. I mean, Asia doesn't send a lot of PR people to mm. Cannes, and I think, in general, there wasn't a big contingent from China this year across advertising across all disciplines because of visa issues. Mm. So this is like real, real world implications. Is it real world implications <laughs> of decoupling? Um, but now I remember what I was going to say is Cannes is just so polarizing in the PR industry still. Mm. And it was in 2009. That hasn't changed either. You know, yeah. you, you talk, people will, will tell you why they're going. People will really tell you why they're not going. They really well. do tell you why they're not going. <laughs> I didn't ask, but okay. Yeah. Um, and the interesting that the response to the column I wrote has been a lot of people in the industry just kind of saying, well, the PR industry doesn't need can, which I totally disagree with, mm. by the way. But it's a reminder of like the sentiment, I think, that exists out there yeah. amongst a lot of PR people and maybe more from the corporate side of the business. I don't know that um, that can is a little bit to them, at least it's, it's a little bit of a sideshow, well, which I think is a shame. Uh, well, it's seen as still seen as frivolous and a jolly and you know a waste of money and we should be concentrating on more serious things and yeah. focusing on client work all of which i agree with but i still think there's huge value in can i had like mm -hmm. i this is the first i've always loved can as you know i think it has intrinsic value i think immersing yourself in the best creative work in the world whatever the wherever that idea came from and um, for the biggest brands in the world whether they're consumer b2b or um uh, public sector organisations is of immense value to a creative industry, even if you're not in a creative role. I think that's its main thing. The other thing is the serendipitous conversations and meetings you have on the beaches. The fringe is so much bigger than the Palais now. Yeah. There's so much going on that you don't need a pass for. Mm -hmm. um, I just think the kind of the meeting of an industry in one place is of value. I did feel a note of cynicism from me creeping in for the first time, which oh, no. which might so be because <laughs> you and Paul <laughs> slightly poisoned me. But um, yeah, I did. I did have a moment of 
this is like creative Disneyland mm. this year. And um, How, what do you mean by that? It's just very artificial construct, isn't it? And it's very like we're having the mm -hmm. same conversations year after year. Oh, it's a bit like Groundhog change. Day. It's yeah. like it's literally Ken Lyons Groundhog Day where we have the same conversations where people are saying why you should be there, why you, you yeah, don't why need to be there. there. People are saying PR's doing great and we're we're up there on the same platform and then mm. at the same time when the results come out you can see that that's not true no, at all and um, we have a lioness jury every year which argues its point as to the platinums and grand prix and mm -hmm. golds and uh, other metal it's given mm. and justifies that and then a load of people who hate the choices they've made and it's mm. it, it does feel a bit like we have the same conversations every year yeah. and i do i know we've had this conversation before this is this is um 13 years of the pr lines now yeah. Yeah. Um, I helped to draw up the original criteria when I was at Weber so Shamwick. <laughs> <laughs> they have evolved slightly, they but did. yeah, they did evolve it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I did, yeah. I helped with the first draft well, of the original awards criteria, and I think twelve years, thirteen mm -hmm. years, is enough yeah, for the industry to have cracked to this. Figure it out. It's not that difficult. Yeah, I did see one person say, "Look, that you know, that it's still not set up to recognise complex, multifaceted mm. PR campaigns versus." you know, the, the big, bold ideas. And I'm sure a lot of that is down to can needing some sort of uniformity. Mm. Right? It's much easier to enter the same, as we know, to the same campaign into multiple categories yeah. rather than suddenly you create all these new criteria for the PR category. Um, but in terms of the Lions debate, PR Lions mm. debate, that seems very similar from debates we've had yeah. in previous years. The other thing that really struck me this year was... Um, so there's two things in terms of what you said uh, jumped out to me. So the, the first is, I agree with you, Can is a huge learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there were some agencies, I think Hill and Knowlton, for example, that I think brought 18 young creatives from around the world, yeah. this whole global network, and just were kind of like, okay, you're here to learn. That's super cool. That's yeah. exactly what it should it be is. for. But for a lot of agencies, they will they will ask you know, what's the return on investment of mm. that? It's a very expensive learning opportunity. So that's, I think, the issue. And then if you think about it in terms of return on investment, you kind of ask, okay, well, how much, you know, for the award entries, all that kind of stuff, what's the return? And then the other thing, the other area where I felt was really lacking in terms of PR presence was just on the on the main stage, yeah. on the big stage, on the official program. Yeah. This was one of the weakest years for that you know there was one edelman really, session richard richard's always on stage richard always gets because you know edelman's i think really committed to can and that that's yeah. to their credit richard edelman and amanda edelman were on the main stage and ketchum did a workshop um but that's not enough no. uh, you know you've got cmos biggest budget holders in the world it's such an opportunity to showcase yeah. thought leadership um, and I think that's an opportunity missed. Yes, they're at the fringe. That's great. And there's a lot of good things come out of that. I think BCW had a session at WPP. Weber Shandwick had Weber a really Shandwick. good session that you went yeah, to. Gail did a great session with Mattel. It's yeah. like they're all there they're on the beaches there. and in the hotels. I went to Chris Foster, was talking to Spike Lee. Oh, that, um, that Jackie sounds Cooper. cool. Yeah, that was good. Jackie Cooper was did a session with Will I Am. Those are great, but I think... The real value is in the, in the official program. Mm. Um, and it worries me that the PR industry is not seen as being a player in that space. Yeah. 
How do you get, can you, I don't even know how that works. Can you just put forward a synopsis for what you want to talk about? You know, it's, yeah, it's, it kind of depends who you talk to, but I think basically, um, yeah, you, you pitch. Okay. Um, but obviously, as with many conferences, it's, it's not just the idea, it's who, who you can secure. It's the big names, isn't it? And Cannes has become more celeb heavy Mm. in recent years. And I mean, you called it creative Disneyland, um, you know, I think that contribute. You know, that the the preponderance of mm. celebrities, several many of whom don't have anything that relevant to say yeah. about, um, you know, engagement marketing. and marketing <laughs> and and public relations. Anything that we talk, write about. Yeah. I think that I had one interesting conversation. I can't remember who it was with though. Was saying particularly reaching a younger demographic, the big name celebs. They, they don't have that necessary, that hierarchy because of the rise of TikTok. In their heads, somebody like Spike Lee or Will I Am yeah, is no more important than yeah. a TikTok influencer. Oh, uh, totally. But, I mean, so Luke, so my the daughter... nature of the people you can bring onto stage as a PR agency, when you, we deal with influencer yeah. engagement above and beyond any other discipline, yeah. is that, I think you just have to think a bit creatively and be a, be a bit bolder about putting yourself forward there we are mm. call to act call to action number one on the podcast guys put together your pitches yeah. for next year i think so i think you know it's hard it's expensive mm. you know to fly in people but yeah my daughter was really unimpressed when i told <laughs> she said you know which famous people have you seen this week and she's thoroughly unimpressed when i say will i am yeah. sorry will i'm sure he's, he's I'm no, i know he's a regular listener a regular listener provoke media so podcast. Provoke podcast. It was a, he's a really good session by the way he's he's launching he's got a his company has a file sharing service this made me laugh so much yeah so he's rock oh, he's star. Gone, gone from being the biggest pop star in the world and then he kind of thought well what i really need to get into is um Competing with Dropbox, that's kind of, that's kind it's of where like, he's it's at. It's like a bad cheese dream, isn't it? It's like, what's happening? It's really good. IBM is using it. Really? Yeah. Maybe we should swap. He's trying to get Edelman to use it. Okay. Maybe we should swap. Yeah. <laughs> we can get a good deal. It's the early adopters yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh, Will.i.am's well, Dropbox, new... <laughs> if you're listening, watch out, man. Watch out, guys. Will.i.am is coming for you. What did you um, think of the... Um, I, but I want to talk more about... PR agency's place in the world and place in camp. But what did you yeah. think of the controversial, shall we say, Grand Prix winner in the PR Lions category? Um, I'm always quite wary to criticise um, the decisions made by the jury. Um, so I think, first of all, I'll say that I think the jury are great. Um, and I, I like them all. And they're wonderful people. Um, I didn't really see what stood out. Mm about the winner i know they have access to sales data and so on that we don't but even with that i didn't really see what what was what and and you know i'm also comparing it to other years which is maybe a little unfair um but ultimately i'm not gonna say i don't care i don't think it's that big a deal Mm. if the grand prix is not that amazing one yeah. year you know it's 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 an awards show and, and it that, doesn't, that will happen it doesn't have to be representative and particularly because it wasn't a i mean i think if it had been a the pr agency who did that in idea mm-hmm. 
creation. Oh, then you'd be like, yes, we've arrived. It's amazing. We're here. I did like, I can, I can see how they got to it. I can completely see how they got to it. I, I know the sales data was oh, amazing. Really? Okay. And because that was, you know. Well, that, you interviewed them all, right? I interviewed so. them all. And they were, oh, well, absolutely. It did, like, that was the standout winner okay. for all of them. But not immediately. Because right. Joanne Robertson at Ketchum, who was the jury president this year, who I can quite imagine ruled her room of uh, 10 awarding jurors with something of an iron rod because she's not to be messed with, gave them three three criteria, and the president has the flexibility to do this every year, say this is what we're judging the yeah. work on. And she said, is it earned at the core? Mm-hmm. Um, does it live in culture? Mm-hmm. And does it have real-world impact? And I thought that is actually a really solid set of criteria. And she, the, sure. the jury said to me that as... I mean, it's not my favourite creative yeah. campaign of last year but i can i can see applying that criteria and having those conversations in a room of 10 people most of whom are pr agency leaders this year as well I and mean, it's very yeah. strongly biased towards mm. pr agencies in the in the room and sometimes the pr lines jury does have some you know random creatives who've never touched yeah, they, in they've their had, life had, they've had yes they um have, yeah. so i and they said you know it's a slow burn and then they said the more we came back to it the more it seemed to stand out. Yeah. Interestingly, when I also asked them what their favourite campaigns are, it's were all different. shortlisted, it's all completely all different. different. Yeah, I, I, that was so. interesting. Um, we Obviously, we did the CEO roundtable at the mm. same time you were doing the PR clients. We were quite different conversations. Quite different conversations. Um, we asked the CEOs about the Grand Prix winner and... They didn't seem especially impressed. I thought Mike Doyle, interestingly, Johan's yeah. boss, had an interesting comment, and he said he, he, he said it, it kind of felt like what happens when you have a checklist mm. a little bit, um, but ultimately, I, I just don't think it's that big a deal if, if people don't love the Grand Prix. I mean, Paul Holmes, um, our chair, you know, he made his feelings pretty clear in his in his article. He, he did. didn't rank it as the lowest on his list. Did he make his feelings clear? I think it was just mainly one of confusion, wasn't it, yeah. rather than clarity. Well, he's, but, he's, but, but his observation, which is very interesting, was that there was some brilliant work this year yeah. and actually stronger than last there year. Was. So I think the jury, as overall, did an excellent job. Mm. You know, the seven campaigns that won gold lines at seven or eight, I can't remember, I think is a really strong crop. It is a strong crop. And there's two other points from the jury line session that I thought were really interesting. The first was how um, underrated the emotion of humour is it can. Yeah. And we've seen so many years, and we've both seen it, where it's like mm-hmm. everything is purpose-driven. Like, yeah. So if the jury isn't crying within the two-minute video, it's not going to get metal. Yeah. And I think l- last year, Joanne was on the jury but not the president and she mm. made the point to me in the round table we did with her client mastercard in Cannes last year saying i just want to see some funny purely commercial campaigns you know yeah. it's like we have just gone through a pandemic we cannot like not every not the best work in the world is not all serious it doesn't all make you cry or emote yeah. in a uh, in a negative way and Andrew Simon at Edelman was saying humour is the most underestimated emotion it can. If you can make the room laugh yeah. or even smile, that is completely valid. You know, that's moved people, which yeah. may well have a bigger impact on behaviour change uh, or um, consideration than yeah. or sales than making them, you know, sob and give their, you know, yeah, five dollars away. It's almost like humours became a bit undervalued. Yeah. I think that held true across categories. Um, I think a lot of the work that won was 
more commercial and more funny. Mm. I think over and the interesting thing is overall, I actually think this was quite a good can lines in general. Yeah. Like if if you leave aside looking specifically at the PR industry, I think the ad agencies had a really good can. Mm. It felt like they had their swagger back a little yeah. bit after the media slash tech platforms had come to really dominate. Oh, a hundred percent. It felt bigger, despite the fact they were digging up. They chose that week to dig up the main road. Like literally the middle of the road. The mi- <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, but that you know, I still it makes me think even more that it was a little bit of an opportunity missed for the PR industry. But yeah, it, I think definitely a shift towards more commercial humor. And the other thing. I, we should we should know is PR firms did really well in the non PR That's lines exactly category, what I was just right? gonna say. That was yeah. Ron Johnson's point on the CA round table, right? Like yeah. and it uh, that's come up again and again. It's not yeah. like PR agencies aren't winning anything no, at Cannes. They did really the... well. Ketchum won a gold in creative commerce. Yeah. Right, for idea creation yeah. for that. You know you know the campaign. Yeah, they did really well. They and did that, really well. that's that's that can only be a good thing. I think and that that's probably the silver lining from from this year for the PR industry. Well, it speaks to the it speaks to the true breadth of the industry and how yeah. it's evolving and everything from data analytics to it's not just creative. You know, the industry's evolved in so many different ways. Its mm-hmm. value in the world has uh, evolved, particularly since the the pandemic. Um, and I think you know, we lead in we lead in earned. We're just not entering our best work for can. I think is part of the problem as mm-hmm. well. But the yeah. fact that there is not a single winner in any category that didn't have earned at its core, I think that's, you know, it's just the PR, PR ad agencies are doing better at entering can lines <laughs> with earned ideas, effectively. Yeah. I don't and, know. I, and I think that is, I know a lot of people, um, even at our CEO roundtable, um, said that, you know, we shouldn't, shouldn't get too concerned. But I do think that is a threat for the industry. When, you, when you're in front of marketers, yeah. if they are thinking that actually they can get better earned work from an ad agency, you know, PR firms have no divine right. To, no, they the don't. Work. But the no. flip side of that, which came up in my um, the panel that LBB let me put together for mm-hmm. their beach, which I had two fantastic creatives with ad industry backgrounds who yeah. are now working in PR, India Ketchum and um, Gernot Weber-Shamwick. And um, Anis Billman, who's global head of um, brand at Mars Food and Nutrition, and Abhinav at TCS, who's friends and family of Provoke. So it was a really wide, varied panel of backgrounds. And I thought the most interesting point was not the creatives on the panel in working in ad agencies saying we should be allowed, you know, we, we're, we're good enough to put forward the big idea, we're good enough to lead big brand campaigns. It was Anya from Mars saying, it's up to us as brands to give you that level playing field and say it's not so so there's a part of it which is PR agencies being bolder and more confident which Mm. is the conversation you and I both had (laughs) in our 20 odd years writing about public relations it's not just that it's the it's the it's recognizing that brands have to do their bits to yeah. not just automatically go to the ad agency for the big idea and then say, can you, you know, elevate this? Can yeah. you make it bigger? Mm-hmm. Um, it's about making sure that everyone in that team is around the table from day one with the brand challenge and everyone gets a chance. And she gave the great example of when they were rebranding Uncle Ben's to Ben's original at Mars, that, that the idea for the campaign around the relaunch came from 
the PR agency. It did yeah. not come from ads. And I think if you, if yes, there's a balance of, you know, stick your head above the parapet and say we're good enough to lead this mm. idea. And of course, we're killing it in earned and you should definitely, and we're also more cost effective. Mm. But, you know, brands do have a responsibility to, also see the value of their PR agencies and how cost effective it can be to have the big idea come from that bound. They do. Background, but they do. And it, it it just worries me that at Cannes they may not see that. No, it not yet. Not, it may not be that apparent. I mean but, we had the round table we did with Weber Shandwick on um on Earn Media was quite in, interesting because one of the people there, Josh Ernest from United, was talking about how he'd restruct they've restructured their whole team. They've mm. put advertising PR and social media in in the same function. Oh, that's interesting. And he said that was really driven by kind of the need to to just be able to respond to news coverage mm. during the pandemic, you know, because it was such a crisis for them. And we are in a at a point of time where we're coming out of a period where public relations was never more important. Mm. There's never been more important. Um, so I think we shouldn't lose sight of that yeah. as well, right? We heard, I'm sure, on the closet, brands are, are nervous, you know, they're worried about politics, they're yes. worried about geopolitics. Um, and these kinds of things necessarily, not you don't necessarily see on the on the official CAN programme yet. Um, but PR firms should still be really bullish, I think, about you know, the role so. they can play. I think so too. And there was one, you know, there's another, and a couple of conversations where people were saying, you know, we should stop saying PR agencies or create and creative agencies yeah. creative meaning advertising because advertising agencies and pr agencies are yeah. both creative oh, paul, agencies. that's paul that's always been paul's yeah. argument and you know. i i i, I right. kind of i, I too, totally that, agree said with that. that they're both right because it's totally unfair to suggest that there's a creative agency and then there's a pr agency yeah because it reduces us to media relations again yeah. but you, to your point that brands are getting nervous the whole geopolitical stuff Mm. political stuff particularly in the US which is like the polarization never stops um the the impact of that on that nervousness on um on agencies and what's happening with pitches like yeah. I did not have a single conversation with an agency when I was like how's business and they're going well honestly this is what's happening yeah and it's this it's the slowdown in you know the funnel is yeah. That hesitancy is really slowed down the funnel. That that's having an impact on how quickly work is getting signed off. The mm. size of the budget when it does get signed off six months after they did the pitch. Yeah. What the talent requirements are within the agency and the whole talent landscape's completely shifted in house and within agencies. We saw with all the um, another load of Edelman redundancies yeah. this week. And it's I don't want to call it a downturn because I don't like I'm a great believer you can talk yourself you can talk yourself into a downturn. A slowdown? I think yeah. we call it we call it a little slowdown. We'll call it a, a not even a pause. No, it's I, I think just a moment of yeah. hesitation. We're you just tying our shoelaces, we're tying our shoelaces, yeah. stopping to tie our shoelaces. Kind of have to balance um uh not being overly kind of apocalyptic with, you know, we have a reputation for being mm. honest to provoke media and there's no question there is a slowdown and it's tough news, especially for everyone affected. It's not just Edelman, there's been layoffs at other agencies. But I think overall the sentiment isn't isn't bad. No, it's it is not. some of the issues you've mentioned. I think also things like payment terms seem to have emerged. Oh as gosh, as yes. That was a shock that was a shocker. Bugbear. Um but anyway, look, I'm I'm we we have to wrap, I think. Um, 
Yes, I think we're all hopeful that this <laughs> slowdown speeds up uh, very soon. You know, the fundamentals for the PR industry, we had 9% growth last year, 11% the year before. Mm. I mean, we've never seen that level of growth, really. No, and it's a fundamentally optimistic industry, I think. You know, we're very, it's very agile. But it's, when you're writing about it, when yes. I'm writing, <laughs> I'm fundamentally optimistic. I do think we... I don't think, I mean, I don't have doom and gloom messages. It's a bit like, this is this, yeah, is, exactly. this is a little bit it's not, shaky. It's but... not like the last time, which is probably 2009, yeah. global financial crisis. That really was. Yeah, we haven't fallen off a cliff, tough. and I don't think yeah. we will again. I think we might see a few agencies flat over the next year. Yeah. We'll see some more single-digit and double-digit growth, probably. Yeah. But I don't, think, I don't think it's a massive crisis. I think it's a, yeah. just a bit of a blip. Good agencies will, will still do well. And I think the other thing to bear in mind is agencies are much better run than they were 14 This is very years true. ago. Yeah. You know, I see it in particular in Asia, which was always so um, sensitive mm. to kind of any fluctuations in the economy. And now they seem to weather them really well. And I think you can say that about the industry as a whole. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Arun. It's Thank you. To chat. Let's do this again. Let's Maybe not here, but let's do this again. I'm going to keep you in London so we can do this every month. <laughs> yeah. Lock me in the studio. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.